Hello, and thank you for choosing to listen to this episode of the 101 Ways to Improve Your Life Now podcast, which is an accompaniment to the book of the same name, which you can find on Amazon. You can also find out more through the Facebook page, 101 Ways to Improve Your Life, or our website, improveyourlifenow.co.uk. In this podcast, I, James Clark, the author and host, will be chatting to friends about each of the 101 ways to improve your life now, adding a little extra detail, some material that didn't make it into the book, or talking anecdotally about our own experiences. I really hope you enjoy this episode. My guest today is Dr. Hannah Betts, who has a PhD in experimental psychology from UCL. She's recently attended her first Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within event and is currently undertaking many of the suggestions Episode 10, Automate Your Finances. Here we are then, episode 10 of 101 Ways to Improve Your Life Now podcast. Hannah Betts, my guest today, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for giving up your time to talk to us about automating your finances. Yes. Now, finances... (laughs) <laughs> so for the listeners out there this is this is kind of probably one of the more controversial chapters because a lot of people take their own finances and their own financial position very both very seriously and they also kind of let it affect their ego and um, there's a lot of worry involved in finances and people get very emotional yes. about money um, are you an emotionally money orientated person yeah, I think I would say that most people are, but I think that you're absolutely right in in what you say in your chapter of, of the book is that by automating them you can take a lot of the emotion out of it, which of course makes it a much more simple thing to deal with. Yeah, so I mean I mean I I can remember being at university and getting into a position where, you know, I'd I'd worked on my gap year before I'd before I went and I saved up some money and then I would spend that money on my friends and I would pay bills and I had money for rent and then you you kind of get into this cycle whereby you don't know necessarily where the next amount of money is coming from so you're looking for a job but all the while you're still spending and then maybe you get a job and you pay off some debts or maybe maybe you inherit some money or maybe you're given a gift or you know something happens and your situation it's it's almost like um you're in this kind of precarious position um and i think that when i certainly when i left university and then i had a job i kind of felt like i was still in a precarious position you know i still i hadn't really got a system i didn't really know how much money i was spending I knew how much money I was getting in, but of course, if you do a job where you're on, you know, you're paid by commission, or if you have multiple income streams, you get different amounts of money in each month. Um, it can be very, very difficult to track your financial incomings and outgoings. Yes. And it seems to me that a lot of people seem to kind of just blunder through their finances. Would you agree? I completely agree. Yeah, I'm really surprised that um, we're not taught at school how to how to budget, how to track your finances, you know, the, the real basics. Because I think you're absolutely right. We kind of, we just watch the bank balance go down every month after payday, <laughs> or dur- during the month, you know, yeah, after payday. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people don't do very much on the week before they get paid because they've used up all their money. And that 
you know you can completely understand how that happens because it's very exciting when you get paid you think oh brilliant I'm going to go out and buy this and do that and do this but you're not if you're not tracking it you can't if you don't measure it you can't manage it yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's absolutely right and I'm just amazed that for, for certainly for myself it took me until January this year to actually to, to get a grip to get to get a grip of my finances and I don't mean that I've been living hand-to-mouth and I've been you know profligate for the last 30 odd years or whatever you know 25 years yeah. but but I do think that having a system and automating your finances is incredibly important for your mental health and it can have a huge impact on your quality of life um, that panic of, of you know are your cards been declined or have you got enough money or I can't afford to go and do this with my friends because X Y and Z or somebody saying to you let's go out for dinner tonight and you thinking well I could go out for dinner tonight but does that mean that I can't do this tomorrow oh well maybe I'll put it on a credit card you know what's my APR with this credit card as opposed to that credit card I mean you know to put into context you can get 0% interest cards that have a kind of a rate for three years but there are lots of people who don't have those yeah. because they just didn't watch that advert and they've picked up a card with 17.9% APR and they're paying huge fees to credit card companies for having credit and they're spending that credit not on assets but on I don't know nice dinners yeah. yeah you know and and when you look at kind of the average debt um that that most people have it's it's astronomical i mean you kind of wonder yeah. how they can possibly pay it back and certainly with the the financial crash in 2008 9 that really made me think well you know if the country's borrowed too much and then it can't pay it back or it needs to borrow a lot and then it needs to pay back that money and that's going to have a really adverse effect on things like local services or will mean that you know pay pay rises are going to have to be you know um deferred well what about me mm. what about how i respond to a financial crisis where's my insurance where's what what's my borrowing situation and i i kind of tried to get a bit of a grip of of my finances then but it's only really recently that i've come to properly focus on them and and that's partly down to your um down to your encouragement can you tell us a bit about how you sort of manage your money yeah so i think for me what's interesting is that i worked while i was in sick form so when i from 16 i had a part-time job in a supermarket at the weekends and i kept that job through university um at weekends and that meant that through those you know the two years of sick form and the three years of university i i had a lot more disposable income than all my friends did so i always felt and a bit and a bit less time and a bit less time a bit less time yeah yeah um, but I always felt relatively wealthy is not quite it's a bit of an overstatement yeah. but you know I was in a good position compared to a lot of my friends I didn't have to budget so tightly and I could afford to to eat out or you know go to yeah go to a bar yeah so that, that was quite fortunate really that I, I got into that routine of working and having extra money um, but I, I also didn't track my income well so I knew what my income was but I didn't really track it that much and I certainly didn't track my outgoings so yeah. I've got no idea how much money overall I spent on drinking out or eating out or my car finance or you know whatever it might be and it was only a year ago when the opportunity to go on holiday to Australia came up 
Um, and I thought, and of course this is a long time after I left university um, and I was working, but I thought actually I really need to work out whether I can afford to go. Mm. You know, I, I could just go and put it on a credit card and that's absolutely fine, but I had never had a credit card before. I'd always been very sort of careful with not, whilst I wasn't tracking the details of what I was spending, I was also careful of not living above my means. Mm. And so I really had to think about whether it was a sensible decision for me financially to go, you know, going to Australia is um, not the not the closest or cheapest place to go to. Yeah. You have to go for quite a long time if you're gonna go. Yeah. If I'm completely honest, I completely ignored all the easy ways to track my money, which would be to use an app. <laughs> and I did it the old fashioned way. Yeah. On an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. And actually I found it to be a really useful process. Good. It was an old fashioned way of doing it, but actually it meant that I was inputting everything myself. Mm. You know, I was doing it manually, which meant that I was really aware of what I was spending every month. Yeah. Um, and in your your chapter, you recommend syncing all your payments that are your outgoings so that they are all accounted for at the start of the month. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really sensible thing to do. And that is what I did last yeah. year. So, you know, all of my outgoings go out in the first five days of the month. Then I know what I have to spend after that. And it takes the pressure off as well because I'm not worrying about whether I'm spending money that should be going out for a direct debit later in the month. Um, so I think just generally being organised with them really, really helps. Really helps, yeah. And so off the back of that, I then took the spreadsheet. I, you know, and I and I use a spreadsheet as well. Um, but I I tracked all of my different accounts and all the different money that was going in and out and all of my different debts and how. And then I could plan how I was going to pay off those debts and what financial rewards or what business um what basically what kind my my kind of minimum wage would be yeah. and what what i could afford to work for and what i couldn't afford to work for and that's really important as well it gives you an idea of your own value or it gives you financial goals that you need to try and hit which then means that you can actually motivate yourself to ask for more or do more or provide more value and and effectively earn more um and i i then off the back of doing that and finding it so effective, you know, in about three or four months, I really had a complete change in the way I viewed my own finances. And I, I know I bang on about this a lot in these podcasts, but that was reading uh, Rob Moore's book, Money, which I really highly recommend um, to listeners. But I've, I found that had a huge impact on my mental health, you know, the stress, the financial stress. And the funny thing is, of course, you get stressed about your finances, but you don't actually do anything about it. So it's almost like a worry that you just let linger and fester. Whereas if you can try and write it all down, it's quite scary at first, you know, it is quite a big, it's quite an overwhelming thing to do to try and actually manage your finances. And yeah. and also, and this is something that's really important if you're considering, you know, actioning this um, this point number 10, is this this doesn't happen in a day. This happens in, I would say, two or three months because it's only over the months when you track your incomings and your outgoings that you can then work out certainly how you can optimise your financial kind of performance. You know, whether whether paying £30 a month for Sky is worth it if you're not using the television and you're not using the landline, you're just using the, the, the internet or or whether you can get your gas for £10 cheaper. You know, you won't, you won't, you can't do all that on day one. You know, you, you, I say improve your life now, improve your life now by starting this process, but it does take a little bit of time. Um, and, and I've been absolutely amazed at the results. I've been really, really surprised. And 
off the back of having organized my finances better, I've then started to use some of the tools that I recommend in the book. So Monzo, for those of you who haven't got it, I really highly recommend Monzo Banking, um, where every time you use your card, it, there's a record of it that you know, you're, you're sent a notification immediately, there's then a record of it. Monzo then automatically groups your spends into different um, kind of categories. categories. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So you've got, you know, financial, you've got groceries, you've got shopping, you've got travel, you've etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then at the end of it, you can download the CSV and you can use that in your Excel spreadsheet. And I'm gonna move away from my current account now and put all of my spending into Monzo because it, it effectively replaces my spreadsheet. Um, and it's also really good because you can set pots aside for uh, money that you want to save but not put in a savings account so you can ring fence uh, finances which is great if you know that you've got um, you know some tickets to a concert that you want to buy that are 50 pounds each you you want you know you need that 100 pounds so you don't want it to be spent on going out for dinner or traveling to somewhere so you can ring fence that 100 pounds until the day when it's due to be spent and then it, the Monzo will release that money back into your account. So any any kind of way that you can alleviate the mental pressure of um, your finances is good. Yeah, I think you know everyone's interested in, in little ways they can make their life easier and that is a, that can have quite a big impact because I think even if, even if you do the exercise, whether it, you know, whether you're using an app or you're just sort of logging it all on a spreadsheet, even if it's bad, you know, even if it shows that actually you can't afford your outgoings, that's fine because you can only change that by knowing what the situation is. So if you know it's a bad situation, great, know exactly why it's bad and then make the changes that make it better. Yeah. You know, if you realise that by doing this exercise that you spend far too much eating out, well, great now you know how to fix it so yeah and it and the, and the great thing great is it then, it then gives you all kinds of other avenues for improving your life because of course if you know you spend too much money on going out then you think well i'll eat in and then you think well i'll plan what i eat when i eat in and then you can eat more healthily and, and more cheaply yes. and then you can kind of it's not like it's not about making it into a game but it is about it the, the, that feeling when you take control of an issue that has been bothering you is so empowering and it has such a positive impact on you mentally that you know it's we we should be trying to do it in all aspects of our lives and I think money is one where people kind of don't don't even register it as something that they can control when in reality you know you, you, it, it's well within well within our power. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've kind of we've we've waxed lyrical about about automating your your um, finances as much as we can. Just get out there and do it. Definitely, I think that. As long as you know know where you are and where you want to go, you can work out how to get there. That's it. That's exactly right. Well, Hannah, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. And, uh, and perhaps we'll catch you next time or later in the podcast series. Great. Bye-bye. Thanks very much for listening. This is the latest episode of the 101 Ways to Improve Your Life Now podcast, which accompanies the book of the same name, which you can find on Amazon now. I was the guest, Hannah Betts. And just a reminder, one pound from every book goes to combat stress. If you're interested in joining James for an episode, please don't hesitate to get in touch via the Facebook page.